How do you know you're up to date? When you follow EMS World, you answer that question with confidence. Because when we say EMS World, we mean the whole world of EMS. The remaining question for you is how will you stay up to date? In print, online, at EMS World Expo, the world's largest EMS dedicated conference, and now in a podcast. Welcome to another episode of EMS World Podcasts. I'm your host, Mike McCabe. As the EMS industry continues to evolve, so too does the need for EMS professionals to engage in a higher learning platform. As we continuously seek out ways to achieve recognition, acceptance, and respect, no longer can we as a profession be content with the basic education that fails to strive for higher learning possibilities. Too often, these opportunities are ignored because of finances and certainly because of time restrictions. The good news is that options do exist, and today's episode focuses on one very strong option, Columbia Southern University. As a leader in online education for first responders, Columbia Southern University offers flexible, quality enrollment options for working professionals looking to take the next step. With expert faculty providing relevant, high-caliber instruction, CSU's degree programs are a perfect fit for those considering careers in emergency medical services administration, emergency management, fire administration, organizational leadership, and more. Visit columbiasouthern.edu to learn more. With me today from CSU is Mr. David Becker. David is a full-time faculty member at CSU with an extremely impressive background. He has served in many roles throughout his 46-year professional career, including chief fire officer, EMS chief, paramedic, health education program director, just to name a few. David, thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Mike. I'm looking forward to talking with you. So jumping right in, why is higher learning becoming more relevant in the EMS industry? Well, I think one of the biggest things with education, uh, everybody's kind of taking a look at this right now. And and, and as we go forward, you know, uh, looking to try and base uh, a lot of uh, what medicine would be with regards to evidence base. Uh, and then certainly from a, from uh, the aspect of training supervisors, uh, we want to have people that have have taken the extra step to, to kind of learn about what are some of the management uh, and administrative techniques that need to make them successful. Sure. And I really view it as quite the juxtaposition here, for lack of a better term, because although many realize that higher education and a degree should be a requirement for EMS professionals, and specifically for paramedics, the fear of many is that taking that step to mandate this would take down the profession because it'd be too much to require of the professional. I'm wondering what your thoughts are on this. Yeah, so I, I, there's definitely two schools of thoughts. Um, I, certainly my thought is that uh, I, I don't think we're quite at the point where we can mandate it for our, uh, entry-level positions. I think there's there's too much of variety in schools and how that impacts uh, would impact those schools and, and in particular those students. Uh, I think So I think we've got some work to do with regards to mandating degrees for entry level. I think what is important and one of the things that almost everybody can agree on is that degrees for people that are looking to move into supervisory roles, administrative roles, that those degrees can make a big difference and can help those people um, do a better job of 
of actually leading an organization and not just and not just uh, it's not just based on the you know the fact that they've been in the field for a long time and now they're going to be moved into a supervisor. They've actually taken the time to get some uh, additional training and education as as to how and, and the hows and whys of of, of administration. Sure, because I would argue that seniority should not dictate who becomes the next supervisor or leader because there's really no evidence-based anything to substantiate that. And so as leaders, your job really is to be able to communicate effectively. And that's why, you know, obviously more learning equals sharper professionals really in anything. And, I, and, I, and I'd argue also that it's crazy that the minimum standard hasn't been raised based on the complexity of this job. I mean, even looking at a paramedic, the things that go into that scope of practice is is extremely uh, rigorous and detailed, whether it be med calculations or anatomy and physiology, or like you say, with the super supervisory capacity, communication skills. So that's why I think challenging the professional to go to or go towards that higher learning is so important. That, that's true. And and really what what CSU provides is those opportunities uh, to get those degrees for people that want to move into management. It's not necessarily based on on increasing the amount of medical education that they have, but it's really about that that administrative or management uh, topics that will help them uh, lead their organization. All right, so let's jump into that then, David. Talk to me a little bit about the steps that CSU has taken to make higher learning more enticing to our industry. So one of the, I guess, and I've been a, I've been a full-time instructor there for about six years and I've, I've been teaching online programs for probably twice that maybe about 12 years. And I, I would say that the, the, the thing that impresses me the most about CSU is, is the different uh, tracks that basically are available for for folks, whether you know, particularly in EMS, uh, whether it's administration or healthcare administration. Uh, we one of the things that CSU just added was an associate's degree in emergency medical services for those paramedics that uh, have completed their paramedic training, but they want to you know try to grab a, a an associate's degree. One of the things that was found is that. Uh, we had an opportunity to add uh, a couple classes and create this associate's degree. So, uh, kind kind of to help kickstart people, get them started into to getting that degree. Uh, certainly, if people have have uh, have their paramedic and they want to go on and be, you know, a lot of times what happens is, and the students that I've that I've taught, you know, uh, I see people that have been in the field for a while and they see that. In order for them to get promoted, or in order for them to become the supervisor, they have to have a degree, and so they see the opportunities that that the college provides with regards to some of the specific classes uh, that they need to take in order to, to achieve that degree. And, and and CSU makes it very easy for them to uh, apply that, you know, what they what they're working on with with, their, with regards to their work. Uh, the the courses are very uh, they're, they're really related to what it is that they do uh, and things that they've seen in the field. So they can, they can actually apply, you know, some of their experiences with regards to, you know, dealing with, with different personnel issues or dealing with, you know, certain disasters, things like that. They can apply that. 
I agree with that. And I want to get into some of the detail on that. But I also want to pose another question. And I think that this is something that the uh, the providers grapple with regularly. And that is, why are they going to put forth the 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 money and the time on doing this if there isn't that competitive wage track that some of these other professions, such as nursing, is providing. So again, I, I know that's a very, very volatile type question, but I also do believe that it's a legitimate question. And I'm wondering, as we move towards this and pushing more of our folks to go through this higher learning process, will that come about? I look at it from the perspective of it should be fair across the board. We know that doesn't always exist. But what are your thoughts on that as far as expanding, as we expand the education component, are we going to expand that wage? Are we going to expand the ability for these folks to earn an honest living? I think it really depends on what you're looking at with regards to um, the positions. You know, I, I think that, you know, some organizations have take, taken the 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 track that, you know, if you've got a degree, they're going to pay, they're going to increase your pay. Uh, Some organizations, obviously most organizations are going to increase your pay when you become a supervisor. And so it really depends on what we're talking about. Uh, When you're talking about just straight up nursing, uh, you know, there's really not a compare. I mean, EMS is not nursing. And so, um, you know, us us being able to talk about uh, giving them are getting them extra extra pay for this. I th- I think that that it's only I think it would be relative to think that yes that as a supervisor I'm going to get paid more. I I know that certainly that was the case in 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 my my situation. Every time you know I got promoted or whatever, uh, typically there was a pay increase involved with it. And so I think a lot of people see that uh, as I get my degree. Uh, and, and if I move into management, I'm going to get paid more for that. Sure. So obviously we were saying that some of the holdups for it or the hesitation for the providers to take part in this type of, uh, higher learning process is obviously funding, but also time. And so I know that we were speaking about some of the interesting options that CSU offers. And one of them that really stuck out for me was the life paced learning, uh, that CSU offers, which I think is really, really um, state-of-the-art type stuff and and makes it very accommodating to the learner. Could you just explain a little bit about what that life pace learning is? Yeah, so life, life pace learning is the, is the same course, um, same course uh, materials uh, uh, that is in a term course. And so typical courses, term courses are about eight weeks long. You have, a, uh, you have an assignment that's due on a specific date. You have discussion boards that you have to do on certain dates. The life pace opens it up for those students that uh, their schedule may not, you know, really work where they may, they may have, you know, an odd schedule that kind of creates time where, where they need to, to maybe, you know, work on things, uh, multiple things and, and turn things in um, at one time rather than, than, you know, once a week. And so this gives them a little more flexibility. It's a little bit longer than the normal term course. Um, and, and I think they get up until they can, they can complete it as, as short as four weeks, but then they get you know, I think they get either 12 or 16 weeks, something like that, too, in order to be able to to, 
to complete the life pace. And it, it like I say, it's really their time. And, and I see that a lot with students that are, are working in, you know, they have been working a lot of overtime. This, this last year especially was difficult for people because they, they got called to work a lot more. Uh, a lot of the military students that I have, uh, I've had students that are, you know, in the different parts of the world. And so they'll turn in assignments, you know, uh, that might be, you know, in the middle of the night here, uh, but it's the middle of the day there for them. So it really gives them that flexibility uh, and, and the, you know, they can kind of work at their own pace instead of having to, to do it on a weekly basis, which I think, you know, in, it's, it's a pretty popular option for a lot of the students um, to be able to do that. It gives, it gives them that, that real flexibility uh, on their schedule. Yeah, I, I personally think it's a game changer. I think it's really enticing to be able to have that flexibility because it's it's not as nerve-wracking or pressure-filled for the learner. Does this apply across all of the different courses available at CSU, or is it just specific to one or two? No, there, I can't say that all of them, you know, because I, I think that in, in I don't teach all of them in a life-paced format, so... Uh, but I teach a fair amount of them, and and so uh, the majority of them, if they're if they're not, they're probably planned to be because I again like the the importance of the flexibility has really proven to be important, and so um, you know and it, the the thing that I will tell you is that when when CSU designs their courses, it takes it takes quite it takes a couple months to to update courses and stuff, and so and they're they're they they update their courses on a fairly frequent basis. And so it's not like the material's 10 years old or anything like that. The most it would be is at the most would maybe be five years. And typically they're less than that. Uh, when we go in and totally update them, uh, maybe look for at different books, maybe look at, you know, certain change the case studies, whatever, uh, to keep them fresh. And that, and that I think is another aspect of, of the courses is that they're, they're all relative, you know, what they're talking about. And we even have stuff now where we're, we're already talking about the COVID pandemic and things like that. So, I mean, things like have been updated literally in the last year with regards to some of those, um, some of those aspects. Very cool. Before I let you go, David, one other thing that really stuck out to me with CSU is how the the faculty are also really recognized as academic practitioners. And I think that that is, is certainly something that's relatable to uh, learners from our industry. They want to be able to learn from individuals that have done the time, boots on the ground folks. So as far as academic practitioners is concerned, what does that really mean? And how did that come about? Well, one of the things that, that you'll see in, in, and I can only really speak to the EMS and I, and I do teach, you know, one class on the fireside is, but it's people that have, have those experiences or are actively working in the field. There's a lot of my uh, peers that are, are on the faculty with me on in the EMS side and on the fire side that are actively working in the field right now. They're either they're either EMS chiefs, um, or they're working for a state EMS office, or they're they're working for a fire department, uh, and so they're actively you know the 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 relevance that they bring to it is day to day you know is certainly the day their their viewpoint from what's going on on a daily basis. And so they can actually bring those lessons learned that they're learning and, and, and dealing with on a daily basis 
uh, into the classroom. And so when they get it, when, when those people are, are helping, uh, and, and everybody, all the instructors give feedback whenever we, like I said, whenever we redo these courses, the faculty all have this input into it. And so with them having that experience, uh, the material is really very fresh. And, and so that, that in and of itself to me, uh, is one of the things that gives the program its, um, its appeal is the fact that that you're dealing with 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 relevant uh, information that that's uh, going on in the field right now. Well, I'll tell you, flexibility and relevance go a long way in in pushing forward this type of uh, platform for the learner. And, and and David Becker, I really want to thank you for coming on with us today. I also want to thank Columbia Southern University. And do yourself a favor and explore the many options at CSU. Visit columbiasouthern.edu for more information. Thanks for listening. And remember to register for EMS World Expo October 4th through the 8th in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm Mike McCabe. I'll see you next time on another episode of EMS World Podcasts. This has been an episode of EMS World Podcast. You can find this audio and more like it on the podcast page of emsworld.com. You can also follow EMS World on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram.